Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. If you want to get your intro on the show, head to the dogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail on the drop down menu. Uh, today, we're going to jump into a Terry Pluto article that he just released talking about the Sean Watson and Camp, what he's seeing and what he's hearing. We're also going to talk about this Bill Barnwell article that was released on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, before we do, though, remember to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Make sure you tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. We're putting out a ton of new content, so you don't want to miss any of it. Lastly, if you're looking for more uh, Dogs content, head to jointhedogs.com, become an official dog pack member on our Patreon page. We have Fantasy Leagues. We're going to be putting out... Uh, Thanks for that. So you, if you want to play fantasy football with us, you got to jump into the dog pack now because it's going to be first come, first serve. We've already got one and a half filled, year. by the way. How much? One and a half. One and a half leagues are already filled. Yep. And last year, I think we had four. And those are, It's going to go quick because um, a lot of the same people who did it last year are still in the uh, the dog pack from last year. Uh, so those spots are going to go quick. So make sure you sign up. Um, if you want to play fantasy football with us, it's going to be our third year doing it. It's a ton of fun. We give away a bunch of uh, dogs merch, so it's a good time for everybody. They get access to the private Discord. You also get an extra episode every week. They just get access to the dogs pretty much 24-7. Uh, it's a good time for everybody. So if you want to hang out with Browns fans from all over the world, play some fantasy football with the dogs, join the dogs.com, become an official Dog Pack member. Uh, so before we jump into the episode... Uh, I know we get a lot of um, catch a lot of flack sometimes for promos, uh, but I think we 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 got one this week that I think Browns fans will be really excited for, and they already kind of seem to be because we put out a little teaser for it, a little promo. Um, but we're freshly partnered with Chub Crunch, which I think is by far our coolest <laughs> uh, partnership ever. That's pretty freaking awesome. I can't wait to get my. Did they send us boxes? Yeah, we got one here for the studio, so I'll be bringing this into the studio next time we're in there and uh, put this on display because that's the whole reason to get a box of Chub Crunch. You want to display this puppy with your fan cave stuff. Yeah, so this is one of the coolest ones. Uh, use promo code DOGS to get a discount. Plus, it, it goes to a great cause. It helps Nick Chubb's uh, charity. Uh, so you, you're getting something sweet for the man cave, uh, for the fan cave. Uh, I don't even, does it hopefully taste good? I don't know, unless you just don't open it. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it goes to a great cause. So 
Uh, I don't like to do more promos than we need to, but I just that's a super cool one. I thought everybody loves Nick Chubb. Um, that's a cool piece for the man cave. So if you're interested in that, uh, check out Chubb Crunch online. He's promo code dogs. And that's a limited supply item too. So, I mean, what they told us is once they're sold out of it, it's gone. So if you're thinking about it, but you're going to wait, don't wait. Just do it. It's kind of a collector's item. Yep. If they're only, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's yep. pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing. It's a pretty cool thing for us to be sponsored with. Anything Nick Chubb's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So before we dive in, I think we had a, a voicemail from uh, Kenny Mack. Yep, we do. Here we go. Yo, guys, it's Kenny Mack, and we have another birthday shout-out for our boy, John Nye. I can't believe since he started the show, we've seen this young lad grow up to be a man. Not only is it his birthday, and he's got another year around the sun, he's also a college grad. So way to go, man. Reminds me of the time when I first met John at the Chargers game with Justin. He always has these words of wisdom that he imparts. I'm not sure if you guys hear it, but it's like he does it every show and it kind of goes like this. Just kidding, John. We want you to talk more and I'm obviously pulling your leg, buddy. Have a great birthday. Uh, <laughs> I feel like John's, John's coming out of his shell slowly but surely. Um, I do think it's crazy that all of our birthdays were within a month of each other. That's wild. It's very. It's like our parents got together and like synced up. No, we're all positive. It was a litter. Yeah. Uh, no more birth. We get all of our birthday wishes from Kenny Mack in the same you know, and within a month, and then it's quiet for the next eleven months. Right. <laughs> but happy birthday, Jonathan. Thank you, yeah, thank you, Kenny. We appreciate your love on the show. By the way, Kenny Maxman, he did a Throwback Thursday episode for us, and he's going to do another one. Make sure you guys check that out. They're pretty cool, talking about like old Browns players, some guys you might have even forgotten about, uh, some guys I never even heard of, uh, but Kenny Mack knows all about them. So if, if you're kind of into Browns history, make sure you check those episodes out, uh, his Throwback Thursday episodes. Uh, so like I mentioned in the open, uh, we're going to jump in. Terry Pluto put an article out this week just kind of what he's seen with his own two eyes in training camp so far from Rashawn Watson, what he's heard from other people who have been in camp. Uh, if anybody is unfamiliar with Terry Pluto, he's a great Cleveland writer. He's written some really good books. I've read a couple of them. Uh, I like Terry Pluto. So this was a good article and a good read. And if he doesn't sugarcoat it either. So if he tells you it's good, it's good. And if he tells you it's bad, it's probably bad. So um, I, I, I like Terry Pluto's writing. I think he does a pretty good job. So... Uh, I think Josh is going to take us through this. Yep. So number one of his observations, Deshaun Watson is building a strong relationship with head coach Kevin Stefanski and offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. I heard they consider him a no-ego star who wants to be coached hard. That matches Watson's reputation at Clemson and for the most part in Houston. I assume when he says for the most part in Houston, he's alluding to the time whenever Deshaun Watson said he wanted traded. But that was... We all know the story about that, so I'm not too worried about it. I feel like this is really on brand for Deshaun. I mean, until until the asking for a trade thing, which was more just with trust issues with the front office, I feel like. Yeah. You never heard anything about him having an ego. You never heard any problems with him in Clemson. You never heard any problems in Houston. I feel like it's it's on brand with the kind of player he is. Yeah, I mean, I would just echo that. Uh, I. No, no ego, wanting to be Coach Tar. Just it sounds like Deshaun to me. So, not really a surprising thing. It's it's good to hear though. 
Okay, well, the second one really goes along with that. It says, Stefanski has corrected Watson in front of the team. Watson understands that's part of the deal. As a quarterback, the team is looking to see if the coaches will criticize him the way they do other players. So far, Watson has been a low-maintenance quarterback. So, I mean, like for me, I, I don't know. Like, I I, I like the, the angle of this. I don't think I've ever seen Kevin Stefanski criticize a player ever. You know what I mean? As far as, I, I don't know, like, as far as with the media, never. You don't really hear that at all. Well, these, this but it's kind of interesting. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's interesting to hear that, um, you know, that he could be critical in that aspect. Um, I'd expect that more out of the defensive side. Like, I figure Schwartz is probably just, you know, ripping people's asses all over the field. And, you know, coach is kind of just like going along with the flow. But um, I think it's interesting. I think... Um... I think this is maybe one of the most important observations Terry Pluto uh, wrote about because this is how you get respect from the entire locker room is you hold every player accountable to this. This is this is you no know, Belichick and Tom Brady. Tom Brady got scolded just like everybody else in New England. Um, some people who had problems with this was like like when we had LeBron in Cleveland and you had Mike Brown and David Blatt and they were they were afraid to punish him and then they lost the locker room because you can't yell at this guy for loafing up the court when LeBron just took four possessions off on defense and he didn't say anything. So if he can keep the star quarterback held accountable, that's how you get buy-in from the rest of the guys on the roster. So to me that's one of the most that's one of the most important observations from all of camp. Yeah, agreed. Definitely agree with that. Before we jump into the next one, Browns fans here in Ohio, we have an offer from Caesar Sportsbook that you don't want to miss. New customers can get their first bet on Caesars up to $1,250. All you have to do is use our code DOGSFULL, that's D-A-W-G-S-F-U-L-L, when you sign up. If you sign up with our code DOGSFULL, you will not only have your first bet insured, but you will also be directly supporting this podcast. So if you haven't signed up for Caesar Sportsbook yet, join with our code DOGSFULL and drop your first bet today. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. See podcast description for full terms. Okay, so the next item here on Terry Pluto's list, Deshaun Watson, Stefanski, and Van Pelt have been exchanging ideas, texting plays to each other away from the facility. Watson has been looking at videos from other NFL and college teams looking for plays he likes, much like the coaches do for him. So to me, this just means that this kind of goes with how you hear the offense is going to evolve and kind of focus on Deshaun Watson. Um, and Stefanski's not being rigid. We've kind of heard uh, Stefanski thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He doesn't like to change. He's going to do what he does. This tells me he's willing to adapt. He's willing to change his offense to the strengths of his quarterback. So to me, this is another good sign. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next one, he said a major difference from a year ago is that Deshaun's ability to self-coach. He recognizes when he makes a mistake and he often mentions it and he corrects it before the coaches have a chance to say anything about it. Yeah. You, oh, you know, go ahead, Justin. No, I mean, you just want that from your star quarterback player. You, you'd like to see that. You know, I think last year too, just with everything that happened in the offseason and then this just the years of like just allegations and everything. I don't think he, he was a hundred percent in football last year. And I don't think you could ever be there. You know what I mean? Just with everything else, all the other noise in the room and everything. And going into this off season, you kind of heard that, you know, just his whole attitude, his whole demeanor is different. 
heading into this year. And I think the fact that there's no allegations, you don't have to worry about a suspension or how long you're going to be suspension or what effect it'll have on the team. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited heading into this year for him. What were you going to say, John? Uh, I just, the the whole self-coaching just speaks to a high football IQ for me. And ever since we, you know, I was introduced to Deshaun and Clemson and I was a big fan, even though I'm not a fan of the team or the school um, at all. Um, it's, uh, no, Deshaun just like, he's got such a high football IQ and he's, he's always been fun to watch for that reason. To me, it says he's more comfortable in the offense. He knows the playbook better. If if he's recognizing mistakes, you know, as they're happening and correcting himself before the coaches even say anything, it's it's just a deeper understanding of the playbook. He knows what the coaches want from him now, and he's able to recognize it when he does make a mistake instead of having to be told. So to me, it's just more growth in the offense. Yep. The next one, he says, it's early, but I hear the relationship between Watson and the coaching staff is an incredibly healthy dynamic, which that kind of goes along with some of the stuff he's already said. He said. The next one, in spring drills, the Browns believe Watson was crisp, making some high degree of difficulty throws. The timing with receivers was encouraging, as was how Watson performed in various drills, including 7-on-7s and 11-on-11s. Uh, I'll just read this one to you. Want to do this, next one? Yeah. this one goes with it. So, in the practices that he saw, uh, that assessment matched Watson looked sharp better than probably any quarterback he's seen since 1999 in this type of practice. He's adding in also Watson was impressive in these drills last spring, better now, but he was also good last year in 2020. The biggest takeaway for me from this is I don't think, if I remember correctly, I don't know how on board Terry Pluto was with signing Deshaun. And so for him to kind of put it, his maybe his bias to side and just say like guys this is the best quarterback at least in this type of situation I've seen in you know 25 years almost of covering this team I mean Deshaun's playing well in camp and I, I mean we talked about this on an episode before people I mean people were saying the offense was electric in the in the OTAs and the mini camp and stuff like that so that's just right on brand from what we've been hearing from everybody yeah, exactly. And I guess I'll just throw this out real quick. We know, we understand that this is OTAs and minicamp. We know they're in shorts and t-shirts and just their helmets yes. and whatever. And and it's a non-contact practice. But these are the types of things that you want to hear coming out of these training sessions. You don't want to hear that there's miscommunication, that Watson's not on the same page with his receivers, this, that, you know, fighting with coach, whatever, you know, whatever the alternates to these could be. So, I, I, these are all really, really good reports. Yeah. Ask uh, ask the Titans about the reports from Will Levis. You know, I, <laughs> you know, and then are, is it, well, they're just in shorts. No, it's, it's a lot better to get good reports in these camps than bad reports. If I was a Titans fan, I'd be a little bit worried. Yeah, for sure. These uh, these next couple, I'll just read together because this is a little bit of a criticism of the, the coaching staff here from Terry Pluto. He says, the coaches deny this, but I believe they became distracted because they had to prepare one type of offense for the t- pocket-passing Jacoby Brissett in the first 11 games. Then they had another type of offense for Watson, a more athletic and mobile quarterback. Fact is, other teams have quarterbacks with different styles, and they can make the switch. I thought this was a weakness with the coaching staff last season. Uh, I can kind of disagree with this because they might have a quarterback with two different skill sets, but for the most part, your backup doesn't ever play. And if he does play, it's maybe for a game or two. 
So you're not completely building your offense around him. We had to build an offense for Jacoby Brissett because he's playing for 11 weeks. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, if you're, if your quarterback's Kyler Murray, you don't then build a new offense for Colt McCoy, too, who might not ever play. You know, so to, I, I can, I disagree with that point a little bit. Like, that was a tall task to come up with an offense that you're going to practice for 11 weeks and then have to build a completely new offense in a month and a half. Well, and, and what he didn't mention here, too, was for those 11 weeks, Deshaun Watson wasn't there. You know, these other teams that make switches between, you know, all they got to bring their backup and whatever, that guy's been there. You know, he's been in football shape the whole season along with the team. Deshaun was not. I agree. I agree with Blake as far as, and why would you do that anyway? And how how bad of a critical error would that be for the coaches to have to roll out a game plan for 11 games and then completely flip it and run it a completely different system for six games? It's great. I don't think you can do it. No. You know, we do have to get everybody in the room on the offense on board and completely change your offense. Uh, he was just on board for six games. You saw a lot last year, Watson would scramble to keep plays alive, and it's and no receiver would – it's like they never practiced scramble drill. Well, for 11 weeks, they didn't deal with that because Jacoby didn't really scramble. I feel like this year the big plays are going to happen when he gets outside the pocket because that's when the scramble drill – goes into effect and that's when guys just kind of get open yep the next point actually so terry presents like another side of this this what he said previously so the other possibility and that the browns are saying about the two quarterback offenses because watson was dealing with so much off the field and had just missed 700 days between regular season games he was simply overwhelmed Watson admitted as much, and the coaches were willing to take some of the blame off of him by using the two different offenses explanation that makes a little more sense to me. No, I, I agree. I think I don't think Stefanski is particularly great with people. I think of on a past episode, I he kind of reminds me of he's like an engineer. He's great with processes and whatnot, but he doesn't necessarily I don't know how well he relates to people sometimes. Um it, at least that's the way he comes across in the media. Maybe it's different, but I think that's why it's important for him to go get a player's coach like Schwartz to kind of help with that. Um, but at the same time, I've never seen Stefanski throw any player under the bus of the media. He's always had his back, even when it was Baker and he knew they weren't getting along. He still never threw him under the bus in the media. So that's, I mean, it's a possibility that they, they were kind of, they had his back. They weren't going to throw him to the wolves. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. So moving on here, he says, for Watson, the Browns in 2023, this is a fresh start. The Browns are emphasizing the concepts preferred by Watson and those that are those that also emphasize his strengths look for more no huddle plays this season there also will be more empty backfield formations there will be more plays allowing Watson to throw off the run or run the ball himself most of the changes described in the offense should be obvious but the Browns didn't do that last season none of this is an excuse for Watson's discouraging six games but it also is true some basic changes to the offense could have helped him go back and watch some of our episodes last year when Deshaun was playing what were we screaming Stefanski, open it up. Let the yep. let the man just go play ball. Like, quit trying to make him do this. Like, play into his strengths. And part of that was like Justin said, you can't just flip the script. You can't play one way for eleven weeks and all of a sudden have a whole new team like that at the snap of a finger. To me, this just screams it's, it's going to be so much more open. I also saw Nick Chubb's going to be more of a receiver out of the backfield yeah. this year. 
So that's good for fantasy owners of Nick Chubb. Um, I think the offense is going to look unlike anything we've seen, unlike anything Stefanski's ever got to call plays for. He's called plays for Kirk Cousins, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Jacoby Brissett. And even though he he comes from like that Gary Kubiak, three tight end, 13 personnel, run the ball, we've seen Stefanski likes to throw the ball around. And he's never had a guy like this to do it for him. So I think the offense is going to be a lot more wide open, very creative, um, and explosive. Yep, I definitely agree. Uh, John, Justin, you guys have anything on any of this stuff we just mentioned here? I I very much agree with what Blake said. But, you know, we we kind of talked about it just with last year. I mean, you couldn't really change the offense, so it's just going to be super exciting to see how Watson is with this full training camp and everything else in the entire offense being built around him. I don't think last year those six games were like an accurate sample at all. And I, I think I think we're gonna blow some people's minds personally. Yep. <clears throat> it's cool and it's cool to see the evolution of the offense. And I didn't think that we were every time they said, Hey, this thing's gonna go very pass heavy, this is gonna be a very open playbook. Nick Chubb won't be in the feature of the offense anymore. I was like, Eesh, I don't know. I don't really believe it. Everything that you're hearing coming out of it is they're gonna throw the ball a lot. And to hear Nick Chubb will be almost a featured receiver out of the back is is crazy, but uh, it should be exciting. Elijah Moore had a huge, huge uh, low camp, kind of emerged a little bit. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see them uh, air the ball out a lot. I know uh, this is going to scare some Browns fans because they're addicted to the Nick Chubb needs 25 carries and Deshaun should only be throwing the ball 20 times, guys. It's it's 2023. 2024 that's not the way it is anymore it's about getting your guys in space letting them go to work um yeah this nick chubb's still gonna get his i think he's gonna be even more efficient yes yeah i think he's gonna be even which is crazy to say but i think he's gonna be even more efficient but the days of winding up with two three tight ends one back or even a full back and just giving your your tail back the ball 30 times that's it's not 1999 or even 2008 anymore. You know, like it, it's a different game. Yeah, and these these next two really feed into that. He says the Browns have been spending a lot of time on scramble drills. Thank God that's where the receivers keep their pass patterns alive as Watson scrambles and extends the play. This is something the Browns did not emphasize last year because the stationary Brissett was the main quarterback. We saw that. We I remember the play with uh, I think it was Michael Woods where he was. Watson, remember, like, didn't he like overthrow him down toward the end zone and he didn't yeah. break, it, break it off and, and move toward the end zone? It was like, you know, a little bit of scramble drill. We would have had that one. Um, he says the receivers keeping their eyes on the quarterback and running to open spots should help Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones, both extremely smart guys in terms of football IQ. I don't know much about Elijah Moore or the Browns' younger receivers when it comes to how quickly they will adapt to Watson, but I do know the Browns are high on Cedric Tillman. Their rookie from Tennessee. The early reviews of Moore have been very positive. Yeah, I've heard a lot. Of, I've heard good things about about Tillman. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gonna, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. As I say, I think the Browns' weapons. I know a lot of clamoring for D Hop. I don't. I just. I don't think. I and obviously the Browns agree, but I don't think we need him. I think we're under the radar. Very scary in the weapons department. They. I think they complement each other very well you got cooper kind of a tactician you got Moore, who's a quick fast guy in the slot dpj's a big body receiver tillman's a big body receiver 
Um, we got Goodwin to stretch the field. I, I don't know. I think, I think we're very, I think we're very solid in the weapons department, and that's not even mentioning Oku and Chubb. Oh, very true. And uh, Jordan Aikens too, who I, I think honestly Aikens is kind of being an underrated signing by the Browns this offseason. I think he's he's going to be a nice piece on offense. I, now, is he going to put up huge numbers? Probably not. But whenever he's called upon, I think he will deliver. Um, so these next two, this is something that, I mean, if you watched Deshaun Watson while he was in Houston, uh, watched him play, followed the stat lines, I mean, this is an issue. It says Watson was sacked 20 times in six games over a 17-game schedule. That would be 56 sacks from 2018 to 2020. He was sacked 155 times. That was the most in the NFL over that three-year span. It's an average of 52 sacks a season. The Browns know Watson will have high sack totals. Some of it's a product of his scrambling style. Last season, Justin Fields and Russell Wilson were sacked the most, 55. Then came Kirk Cousins and Geno Smith at 46. So we this this has been an issue for him in his career. That's one of those things when guys extend the play, they're gonna they're gonna get sacked more. And it's, it can be frustrating, but you know, for every time he takes a sack that you're not gonna like, he's gonna break off a huge run or hit a bomb down. You know what I mean? Like you gotta take the good with the bad. Yep. Uh, well, following that up, Pluto says the Browns are working with Watson and the O-line to help with blocking coverage. A quarterback who scrambles a lot can run into sacks. That means the linemen are blocking defenders in a certain direction, and the quarterback scrambles right into a tackle. The Browns are trying to accelerate the rate of Watson and his blockers becoming used to one another. Yeah, that just takes time. Yeah. And I think it'll happen. You know, I think we'll see it. Watson definitely looked a little slower trying to escape pressure last year. Than I, than even than I thought he would, and I predicted some rust, but he definitely looks slow. That that's just going to take some time, and I think by the time the season starts, we're going to see a lot less of that. Yeah, well, this is also the best offensive line he's ever played with. So that, I, I, yeah, I was going to say how how big of a factor was it that he was on a four and what twelve team that was basically mailing it in? I know he had Tunsil for a while, left tackle, who's really really good, but. You know, was that a product of it too? It's hard to just say, oh, you know, he's been sacked 150 times. He's on a, a terrible team. Well, and you have to remember too, this year it's going to be one of the best offensive line he's ever had. When he came back last year, our line was in shambles. Yeah, that's good. That's true. You know what I mean? We had a four-string guard behind center. Right. So yeah. um, he did not get to play behind the Browns, you know, top three, top five ranked offensive line last year. He, he was playing behind a patchwork, not very good offensive line. So that, that didn't help matters either. Nope, you're absolutely right. So, Pluto, uh, this is the last one here. He kind of wraps it all up saying, this is spring non-contact football, which, you know, we mentioned. It's a time of optimism and hope. Some of what I'm hearing is a product of that upbeat vibe, but the accuracy displayed by Watson in the spring was real. His growing relationship with the coaches is real and encouraging. No, that's like you said, that's what we've been saying. And it's it's okay to be optimistic right now. We're not saying we're going to the Super Bowl just because Deshaun looks good in, in minicamp, but it's better than hearing that he looks awful. Yes, 100%. So, no, uh, that's a good article by Terry Pluto. I liked it. It kind of just uh, reaffirmed what we've been hearing from everybody else. So, uh, Les, are you guys excited about Deshaun in camp? I know I am. Uh, I'll be even more excited when we get to see him play some, some real football. 
This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Summer is here, everybody. Time to sit back and unwind with Omaha Steaks. Perfectly aged, always tender, and guaranteed delicious. Right now, Omaha Steaks is sharing an amazing limited-time offer when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the keyword dogs, D-A-W-G-S, into the search bar. You'll be able to order the Gourmet Grill Pack for just $99.99. Plus, you'll get eight free Omaha Steak Burgers when you place your order. These burgers are legendary. They taste like steak on a bun, and that brings you a true backyard burger experience in every single bite. Order now and save 61% on the Gourmet Grill Pack, which includes four bacon rat filet mignons, four premium air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet jumbo franks, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, and Omaha Steaks' very own seasoning. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life guaranteed. I'm telling you guys, this stuff is amazing. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Type keyword dogs, D-A-W-G-S into the search bar, order the gourmet grill pack today and rock out your sunny day barbecues all summer long. That's omahasteaks.com keyword dogs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, so like I mentioned in the open, then Bill Barnwell put out an article basically ranking your skill groups. So he took into account, um, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and I believe quarterback. Let me double check real quick. Um, and then he, he ranked your team as wide receiver, tight end and running back. So not taking quarterback into account. Um, and it placed the Browns at 12th, which just not even knowing the teams that are around them, does that seem high or low to you? And I'd be, I'd be okay with fringe, fringe top 10, like right at, right at the cusp, nine, 10, you know, somewhere around there. So let me tell you that in the 2021 rank was uh four. The 2022 rank was 23 or third. Okay. So the 2021 would have been when we were bringing back Jarvis. So then last year it was 23rd. So they obviously liked the additions we made in the offseason on the offseason, especially in the wide receiver core, um, because we jumped up 11 spots to go to 12. It says Nick Chubb continues to be the league's best runner. When you consider his consistency, it really isn't close. Over his five seasons, he's generated. Uh, 1,312 rushing yards over expectation. The only running back within 500 yards of that figure is Derrick Henry. So to Derrick Henry stands, get off my nuts. Dick Chubb's the best running back in football. Uh, as it is, if we flip it to uh, rushing yards over expectation per carry and look at those with 750 carries over that stretch, 
Chubb is the only back in the league to generate more than one RYOE per attempt. His 40 first downs over expectation across that stretch are nearly double anybody else. Henry is at 22. Jonathan Taylor is at 13. Nobody else comes close. The Browns don't have the same depth at running back with Kareem Hunt out of the picture, but Chubb has played at a Hall of Fame level. Uh, and I think we're excited for Ford. Um, yeah. Says the Browns invested in two pass catchers last year and came away feeling good about those options. And Wider Cooper acquired in the salary dump from the Cowboys, returned to form after leaving Dallas and finished 15th among wide receivers uh, in yards per route run. David Njoku lived up to a massive contract extension, finished seventh among tight ends in the same metric. Although the Browns had him run about 26 routes per game, drops in health are always going to be concerns with Njoku, but he's a useful player. Finished seventh in yards, and that was with Jacoby Brissett for 11 games. Uh, he played really well last year. Uh, Donovan yeah. people should know this is probably better than you think last season. He racked up 839 receiving yards and was in solid wide receiver two range in terms of yards per route run. He also wasn't good enough to keep Cleveland from trying to upgrade this season, though, as they traded for Elijah Moore and used a third-round pick on Cedric Tillman. Between Moore, Tillman, and fellow third-round picks, Anthony Schwartz and David Bell, the Browns need one of their young wideouts to break out and develop into a starter. People Jones is still like 24, but he's a free agent after the season for a team, spending significant money at just about every position on offense in addition to wide receiver two. So when I first heard 12, at first I was like, oh, that's kind of low. And then I thought about it some more and I was like, well – Elijah Moore, even though we think is good, slightly unproven from New York. Uh, Tillman's a rookie. You know, we just – we think we're good, but, you know, maybe it's slightly unproven. But then a couple of these teams ahead. So the, the team right ahead of them. Tell me what you think of this. All right. Raiders? Yeah. So Josh Jacobs is nice. They got Jacobs. Javante Adams is nice. And that's it. Uh, who's their uh, tight end now? Is it um, – Michael Mayer. Who went out? I mean, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. I mean, yeah. I, I guess Jamie Myers and Hunter Renfro. Yeah. I mean, I guess Hunter Renfro. I like Hunter. I like Hunter. I don't know. I felt like the Browns, I guess their top end's very top. So maybe maybe that's understandable. But I think Chubb is way better than Josh Jacobs. Um, sure. I guess you could make the argument that Devontae Adams is way better than any receiver we have. But I would argue that our two, three, and four option are probably better than their two, three, and four option. Yes. Um, so they're putting a lot of stock in Devontae Adams, which, I mean, it is what he is. He's, you know, arguably the best wide receiver in football. Um, I thought this one was kind of crazy. The Falcons were at 10. Yeah, that's stupid. They have a, they have a lot of skill. Names. A lot of young skill. Yeah. So Drake London. Oh, man, this guy's going to be the future. Kyle Pitts, another one. Are they... Bijan, oh man, when this guy steps into the system, that they're gonna explode. Uh, I like to me, very un- unproven. Yes, I would have slid them down, um, like twenty to thirty. You know what I mean? Somewhere in that range. Yeah, that one. What about you guys? What do you think about that? You think that's a fair spot? You want to get it on? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to say, like, probably not, like. I always think the Browns get a little bit snug. But then, you know, once I start to read the list, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of forgot. Maybe maybe this team's not as bad as I thought they were. But, uh, yeah, off the top of my head, I don't I don't even know all the weapons uh, the Falcons have, though. I would say, I would say Browns are sad. Yeah. I really like jump. We're French top 10, though. What about you, Josh? Well, who are the – can you list off all 11 in front of us? 
Okay, so I'll I'll go to I'll start at one. Okay. Um, so number one is the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, um, two is the Bengals. Okay. Okay. Three is the Eagles. Okay. Four is the Seahawks. Okay. <laughs> um, five is the Chargers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Six, this was one other one that I was a little bit questionable on here. Uh, the Vikings at six. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is maybe the best wide receiver in football, but then what else? They don't have... Cl- uh, Hawkinson, man. Okay. This is, okay. This is not, this is not very... Yeah, I mean, but to put them at six... Though they got they have they have a, a solid tight end and a really good wide receiver. They they're about to trot out a career backup running back. They don't have who's their number two and their three wide receiver. I think it's uh Jordan, yeah, the rookie Addison. Yep. Addison, Osborne. So I, I felt I'm not saying the Vikings are awful, but I didn't know I don't think they're sixth. I didn't unless Justin Jefferson is just that that good, which you know, I mean he is, but he is. Yeah, but um Cowboys are at seven. I feel like that's. I don't know. They don't, I don't really have a. Well, I guess they did trade for Brandon Cooks, but as far as like, yeah, okay. Who's eight? Who's eight? Question question mark the tight end. So eight, eight is the Dolphins, which to me they would I would have them above Dallas and yep. Minnesota. Yeah, I would too. And probably the Chargers. I would I'd make them up a lot, actually. Yeah, Waddle. Tyreek Hill, their running back room is stacked. They have all the running backs. Yep. Yeah. Um, then at nine, it's Jacksonville, which is, I, I feel like Jacksonville's okay. a lot, uh, yeah. especially with Calvin Ridley coming back. 10 was the Falcons, 11 was the Raiders, mm. 12 was us, and then I'll go to the top 15. 13 was the Steelers, 14 was the Saints, and 15 was the Ravens. So that'll eat at Aaron Butler there a little bit that they were the lowest ranked offensive weapons in the AFC North um, in three slots below the Browns. And then at 16 was Detroit. I'll give you the top 20. 17, Chicago. 18, Tampa Bay. 19, the Chiefs. I mean, if you're going to put a lot of stock in, you know, having like one of the best wide receivers, Travis Kelsey doesn't get that love. So I mean, like a Hall of Fame you, he might be a tight end, but he puts up 1,000 yards and a ton of touchdowns every year. Um, and then 20 was Buffalo, which I talked about Buffalo last year. I said Miami's weapons were better. They're just top-heavy with Diggs. But again, Diggs is one of the best receivers, so he doesn't carry them to closer to the top 10 than 20. So uh, I, think, I, mean, I don't think it's an awful list, but I think there's some that there's an argument to be made. That's fair. That's fair. I don't have. I'd have the Bills over the the Falcons. I would too. I would too. I think so. I'm okay with the Bills moving up a decent bit. I mean, not like a, a whole. So they have question marks at running back because it's you know is James Cook is he the guy? Are they ever going to give him the ball? <laughs> um, but like Diggs Davis, it's pretty solid. I had Dawson Knox, and then they uh, they drafted that tight end. Dalton Kincaid, yep. So I mean, they got weapons. Um, I'd move them up, at least top fifteen, maybe yeah. even top ten. 
I don't know if I'd go top 10, but they'd be top 15 probably. Yeah. But what, I don't know. So the list wasn't awful, but I thought, and I, I won't even argue with the Browns being at 12. Be, if you want to say like Elijah Moore and DPJ got to do it this year, but um, I would take the Browns weapons over the Falcons weapons. And I would yep. take the Browns. Obviously, I would take Devontae Adams, but I think it's a complete unit. The Browns have a better skilled position unit than the Raiders as a whole. Obviously, their top is better. Um, and honestly, same with the Vikings. Their top is obviously better, but as an entire unit with depth, I mean, you're starting Matt into the running back now, so now he's your backup because he's been your backup. Yeah, it's hard to believe they have them at six. That's That one is crazy to me. Yeah, so... There are, there's a couple on there that just they were a little I thought they were a little high and I'm not necessarily saying the Browns should I think the Dolphins should be way higher. I'd move them top five if they had a if they had a tight end. Do I honestly like off the top of my head don't know who their tight end is? That uh, that Casey Smith kid or whatever is I can't even tell you their their tight end is off the top of my head right now. I can't even Dolphin, remember. Uh, they traded Gasecki. Smite. Got rid of Gasecki. Yeah, yeah, Smite. Okay, maybe it's Smite. Um. So they don't really have a tight end, but I mean, my God, they are legit everywhere else, like very legit. Yeah. So a couple surprising ones, but I just, I wanted to bring that up, see what Brown's fans thought. Uh, do you like, do you think 12 is an okay spot? Do you think that we're a little bit low? Or do you, I mean, I guess do you think we're too high. I definitely don't think we're too high. I think you we could say we're either a spot or two low or we're at least in, in a pretty good spot um, entering the season. Maybe if you're taking quarterback into account, the Browns would have to be top 10. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, no, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. See what you guys, uh, what you guys uh, were thinking. See what Browns fans were thinking in our comments. I thought it was a good article. Not the worst thing ESPN's ever put out, but just a couple that made me scratch my head a little bit. ESPN's notorious sometimes for putting out some things that I'm just like, what in the... Uh, <laughs> so... But I think that's going to wrap it up for today. We're uh, we're in the thick of this off season. We're scrap, scraping the bottom of the barrel for content. So send us your voicemails uh, so we have some more things to talk about. Uh, dogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail in the drop-down menu. Uh, drop us your thoughts. Drop us some topics to what you guys want to hear us talk about. Um, we got about another month or so until we're really into football season. So we got some weeks to fill um, are we going to do it? Are we taking a week off? Because Josh, you're going on vacation next week. I'm also going on vacation next week. Uh, well, I'll be there. I'm going on like a long <laughs> weekend, so I will be back next week. If anybody's around, we can throw something uh, together. So that's hanging a, around, man. I know Monday. I guess like there's Monday and Tuesday, but Tuesday's the fourth, uh, and then I'm leaving Wednesday. I'm probably not taking my computer, so. <laughs> Um, we'll let you know. Keep an eye out on YouTube. Make sure you have the notification bell tapped so you know if we drop an episode next week. Uh, so thanks for being with us again. Drop us some voicemail so we have some uh, good stuff to talk about. We want to make episodes that you guys want to listen to. Um, make sure you get grab your Chub Crunch. And if you want to play fantasy football with us, join the dogs.com, become a dog pack member so you can jump in one of those leagues. Don't wait. Make sure you do it before they all fill up. You'd hate to be jump in and you just missed out so join the dogs.com so you can play some fancy for both us uh until then we'll see you guys next week and i'll see you guys after that so hope you guys all have a good fourth uh stay safe don't blow your hands off um i'll see you guys in a couple weeks
Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.